Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, Friday afternoon. Good Friday afternoon to you from the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us on the Super Talk Radio Network this afternoon. Online, wherever you're tuned in, glad to have you wind up the week with us here on the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly and I are in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson is in Laurel, and we're glad you're with us. Sticky's Barbecue sponsors the opening segment of our show every day, and today is no exception. It's a great place to go enjoy a great weekend meal with your family. The next time you have a special event, you'll be sure you give Dickies a call and let them cater for you. Uh, we know that you'll be happy with the Dickies uh, catering uh, setup. It's delicious. The food is always fresh, and we thank them for all they do for the Eagle Hour. Brandon Lacey is the defensive line coach for the Golden Eagle football team. He'll be joining us uh, later in the show, but we're going to kick off the show today. Got a really special guest. Uh, have a picture of him up in, in a bit on our social media. A young man we should have had here a long time ago. He is the Conference USA Athlete of the Year for 2020. He is a seven-time, count them, seven-time All-American in track and field. He is in Kelly and Mize of you, and I'm thinking Luke would probably agree. We had had this conversation though with Luke, but the Premier athlete at the University of Southern Mississippi, Corvell Todd from Bahalia, Mississippi, in the studio. And uh, first of all, young man, congratulations on a sterling career, and uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Thank you for letting me be here. Well, uh, if you if you saw this young man, uh, he's just a really nice, polite young man, and you look at him and you think that he can lift his body seven feet and six inches off the ground. That's his uh, record high jump, 21 feet, 8-inch long jump. That's the kind of thing that earns you All-American honors. Uh, Corvell, you told me before we went on the uh, show today back in my office that uh, back in Bahalia, you were a football, basketball, baseball, and track and field athlete. You excelled at all. But what was it that – when did you realize that maybe your real forte was going to be track and field and that was the avenue you were going to take your athletic career? Well, I realized that once my high school football coach had called Heinz Community College track and field coach, and they came and looked at me at my state track meet, and they saw me performing, win state and high jump and long jump, and I guess they just saw it in me, so they um, offered me a full ride, full ride right there on the spot. Well, you played all all of these different sports. Was uh, was there was track and field your favorite? I mean, was there a particular sport when you were younger that you favored? Well, my favorite sport was either and basketball or football. Like I used to love them two sports, and that's 
I wanted to go pro in one of them two sports, but it just seemed like track was calling me. Mm-hmm. So I just went with, you know, God put right there in front of me with the full scholarship. So I decided to take that off. Well, clearly you're a very special track athlete. You're a national caliber athlete without argument. How young were you when you realized, though, that you did have this special, unique talent for track and field? Um, well, I first started running track was in middle school, and it was like sixth grade. And then I wasn't even do- doing high jump. I was running like the 4 by 4 distance, like the two-mile. And I actually had asked my middle school high jump, I mean, coach then to let me high jump, and they would not let me. Like, now it would let me to save my life. And once I got to high school, 11th grade, I didn't even run track in like 10th grade yet. 11th grade was when I started back running track. And that's when I started back doing, that's when I started doing high jump. And the high school coach, he was like, I guess he saw something in me. And he was like, you can go ahead and do it. Just go have fun. And that's basically what I was out there doing, having fun, compete, and winning. Well, high jump and long jump, uh, your fortes in college, do you start long jump about the same time in your life? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you have your body length, the long jump, it's almost four times his body length on the long jump, right? So how do you, when you wanted to, he said, go out and have fun to start your high jumping career. But technique wise, how did you learn proper technique? Um, well, the, the, the head coach was a man, but the assistant coach was a woman in high school. And she kind of knew a little bit about high jump, especially a lot more than I did. So she kind of helped, helped me with my approach. But at the same time, I was just going out there and being an athlete and compete and just showing people how high I could jump because I used to like jumping high. Like, I loved ducking the ball. So that was just something I just loved doing. So carry over from high. basketball then? Yes, definitely yeah. carry from basketball. How far is the is the hoop? I don't even know. What is it, 10, 10 feet? feet? Yes, sir. Yeah. 10 feet. So that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be <laughs> difficult for you then, would it? No, sir. Yeah, easy. <laughs> Duncan, is not a, Duncan is not a big problem for a man. It could go seven, six, and a half. Yeah, but how tall are you, though? Um, six feet, six one. All right, yeah. so six feet, that's not, you know, normally yeah. you, you guys yeah. the size of Shaq can go up there and dunk it, but a six-footer to get up <laughs> that high, that's amazing. So, Luke, this young man is a CUSA Athlete of the Year, a four-time All-American here at Southern Miss with a year of eligibility to go, clearly the premier athlete at USM. He is, without a doubt. And, Corvell, what I wanted to talk to you about some was you're you're the third jumper in the last several years that, that has made not only a, a conference a name for himself but, but nationally. And I'd like to just talk to you for a minute about, you know, you looking up to guys like John Warren and Eric Richards. You beat Eric's uh, school record mm-hmm. earlier um, this year. How, how did those guys play into where you are today? Well, me, Eric, that's, me and Eric are really close. So, like, we talked. And he knew for a fact one of my goals was to break his record. And he used to always tell me before a jump day, go break my record. Like, he was rooting for me to break his record. And that's one thing I love about him. He was encouraging me. And even the day before I broke it, he told me, like, you're going to go 760 today. Like, I got the mission every time. He told me, you're going to go 760 today. You're going to break that record today. And that's exactly what I went out there and did. And for him to be there, it just, you know, helped me do a thousand times better. And it just showed me people want to see me be great. Now, how tall are you, by the way? Six feet, six one, somewhere in the area. So this is what's crazy, because because I want to give Eric Richards a shout out. And I know Corvell, you'd want to do that too. Yes. <laughs> he he jumped seven guys. He jumped seven four and a mm-hmm. half, and he's only five nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that that's the type yeah, of he's short. 
that's the type of of athleticism you know these these guys have. So, um, Corville, talk to talk to us a minute. We had um, I had Coach Stewart in last week, and Marquisha Myers was with him, and you know just. A couple weeks ago, I asked Marquesh this question. You're at national championships, and mm-hmm. and we were trying to bring attention to that to let our listeners know that man, we have Southern Miss Golden Eagles who are competing for national championship. What was that experience like for you? Mm, that experience is like unbelievable. Once you're there and you compete with all these high class athletes, and you just look around, you see people you know that go viral, they're, they're just breaking records and stuff, and you realize you there with them. It just turns you into a whole different person, and it just show, it just brings the best. Well, me, it brings the best out of me, and it just shows me that I can compete with them just as well. And like being there at Nelson is like, it's just a blessing because everybody there, the crowd, the energy, it's it's unmatchable. Like at any other meet, it's unmatchable, unmatchable, and. It's just something you just got to see and for yourself. And it's in Oregon, correct? The yeah. Nationals are in Oregon? Out, outdoor be at Oregon, and indoors, they be switching it up sometime. Yeah, did you have any preference indoor-outdoor competition? Um, Not not really. Yeah, <laughs> no, so yeah. It doesn't so, so take the outdoor. When you're at Oregon and you're there with the best collegiate track and field athletes in the country, mm-hmm. really, yes, uh, did I hear you correctly? It inspires you to do – you're dead level best, so there's no intimidation. No. It's more motivation. Yes, sir. Definitely more motivation. Now you've got a year left of eligibility. You could walk. Mm-hmm. You could go if you. But you've already said that that you're coming back for another year. Yes, sir. I will be. Tell us about what went into that decision. Um, this year, basically, because at first I was kind of in the boat of like, uh, if I don't see myself really excelling in the track, I might as well go ahead and pursue my future. Like. Go ahead and just get a job and go ahead and live my life. But after this year, me going seven six, I realized like maybe God have more more in plan for me. Maybe it's a you know right for me to just keep on doing, keep on going with this track and field. And so I talk, I was sitting down and talked to my mother, and I she was like, I don't think you should give up on it, and especially how you doing now, I don't think you should give up on it. So I just decided to go ahead and keep pushing with it. So Corvell Todd asking himself, if I don't excel in track and field, that's kind of like Noah. Saying it looks like rain. <laughs> I, think, I think you. I think you succeeded, Corvell. I think yeah. you did okay. Yeah, we're talking. Uh, we've got Corvell Todd here in the studio with us, uh, Conference USA Athlete of the Year. We we all believe the premier athlete at Southern Miss uh, right now in the present. We're glad to have. We're going to continue our conversation with him uh, on the other side of the break, and we've got about twenty seconds, Corvell. But you're going to compete in a whole new league next year. You're going to be moving to the Sun Belt. I would think that's a pretty exciting prospect. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It is the Sun Belt. I mean, I got to come in with the same energy, competing at my best. I don't have too many worries about the Sun Belt because my main focus on is nationals and competing with the big dogs. So that's how I could keep on excelling, mm-hmm. keep on trying to compete with. So the you've dogs. stepped on the competition at CUSA. The Sun Belt is next. You've got your eyes back on Oregon again, don't y- you? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes. And after the commercial break, we might ask him, Bob Getty, if we might ever see Corvell Todd in something red, white, and blue. I think there's a good possibility of that. We'll be right back more with Corvell Todd. He's right here in the Eagle Hour studio with us in Oak Grove. We're glad he is. Going to continue conversation on the other side of the break.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I understand we had a little technical issue with our podcast yesterday, but our uh, crack operations manager, Michael Burgess, has corrected that. So you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anytime with Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. You can tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour, and uh, you can hear this great interview over and over again uh, with Corvell Todd, who we're happy to have in the studio. Oh, Corvell, you, you seem like such a humble, nice kid. Uh, you've, three times you've been notified that you're All-America. Uh, four times when you were in junior college, you got that notification. You just got the notification that you were the Conference USA Athlete of the Year. How do you digest all of these awards? Um, I really don't even know how to say it. Me, like you said, I'm just humble. I let it not get to me. And I just use that as a motivation to keep going even harder, just to show people how good I am and where I come from. That sounds like upbringing by your family to me, uh, the humility and uh, the even keel that you have. Because the truth is, and Kelly, I think you could attest, a lot of, a lot of kids, that go to their head, and they, sure. just, they would just be impossible to deal with. You appear to be the exact opposite. Yes, I definitely am. My family, they even, exactly how you said that, they even look at me the same way. They're like, you don't let nothing that get to your head. Like, you the most humble kid that I know. And I love that they say that about me because I don't want to ever be looked at as cocky. Um, somebody that just don't nobody want to be around or something. And that's why I remain humble. Well, you're the opposite of that, I can tell you. Now, Corvell, we kind of hinted going into the commercial break. I said, you know, any chances of you wearing the red, white, blue of a United States uh, Olympian? Tell us about you've already met the minimum standards mm-hmm. to go to trials. Tell me what's going on in your head about a potential bid to be on an Olympic team. Um, that's that's definitely a big goal of mine to be on the Olympic team. Um, I actually have a cousin who is a female. She made the Olympic team a couple of years ago. And to see her out there and, you know, get one of her big dreams, it shows me that I can do that as well. And she's from by here as well, so it shows me I can do that. And me meeting the standards to do that showed me how close I am to be on uh, getting to that goal. So tell us the process of, of, I mean, you don't just show up and say, hey, Olympic Committee, I'm here. You know, so how, how do you t- take us through the process of making the Olympic team? So making it, like, you have to, first you have to, you know, meet the required standard. And then after that, you have to go to um, trials. You have to come top three. And after you come top three, you basically get to wear that red, white, and blue. And after that, you just go compete for the now, USA. Now, you could have done that in in this latest round, but your foot was injured at the time, yes? Yes, sir. I have pounder fasciitis. And it's basically, and also, I think I had torn a muscle up in my arc of my foot. And basically, I just said it was best for me to sit out and recover, and I'd come back 10 times harder next year. What would that mean to you to wear the red, white, and blue and have that American flag on your and chest? It would, it would mean a lot. Like, I don't, I guess that's a feeling I can't even explain because I know I make everybody that's watching me proud, everybody that's looking down on me proud, and that would just be a big blessing for me. It's, it's one thing, Bob, to be a Bihalia Indian. And a Southern Miss Golden Eagle. But to another be, thing to be an American Olympian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that. right, Luke, you had an interesting comparison. The Corvell and Kelly and Corvell and some other athletes at the school. I mean, we, we couldn't we couldn't 
believe that that Danny Lynch didn't receive that uh, you know that honor as the uh, as the athlete of the year, um, especially you know the wheels he has coming from second to third. And if Danny hears this, we love you, dude. You we have the pimp my home run Lafayette jersey, okay? But I, I just thought it was very interesting that 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 Corvell would be called more athletic than than some of our favorite baseball players, Bob. You know, I just I just no favoritism at all. I just I can't believe that. Um, Corvell, walk us through because I think a lot of a lot of people listening don't understand what goes into track and field. I mean, they'll see Fred pick up a shot put and be like, "The dude's strong. He throws it." You know, or, or they'll and they'll see Marquette the triple jump. That, that, I made a fool of myself on this show last week trying to understand the triple jump. So, same thing with you. What what does go, what goes into the high jump in regards to like some of the secrets that the average fan doesn't know that that allow you to propel yourself that high? Basically, besides just going out there and having fun and do what you do best, it's, it's come down to sometimes a lot of technical things, like being at practice, being able to, like I'd be having to jump off a box, like being able to being able to jump them higher heights at practice, like on a box, and getting your body um up there used to being as high. So when you get to meets and stuff, you know you used to doing the thing, and basically, with me and high jump, it's. I just, I me, I just go out there and like to have fun. I, I try not to put too much stress into things because then I get to overthinking. And it's just basically going out there with it's just a lot of technical things that the coach has to uh, help you with. But you know, there are different different sports. Well, let's take golf for example, where you've got rain, you've got wind, you've got other things, mm-hmm. and I know it's the same for everybody. Oh, so like weather-wise, you you point that out. Some people, like I know Eric for example, if he's riding out there. He, he's, he's done. Not, yeah, he's not going to like it. <laughs> he's not going to like it. And you got some people that just be like, forget it, that just still can go out there and do whatever. It just depends on how their day is for a lot of people. Like, if they didn't come prepared or mentally prepared, it, it's not going to be what they expect it to be. Now, he doesn't like are there Are there any conditions that you don't especially like? I mean, I, I hate when it's cold. If it's cold, because my muscles get real tense, and I, it seems like I have to keep moving around and stay warmed up. Other than it being cold, I don't have too many. Um, so right now, and we're talking, by the way, to Corville Todd, All-American high jumper for Southern Miss Track and Field Team. I'm in the Southern Bancor studio in Laurel, Bob and Kelly with Corville in Hattiesburg. All right, Bob, we were talking about this off air. So so the man jumps seven feet, six inches. It's hard Now, if you look up at the average ceiling, um, which is eight feet, and then you told me that the door is what six and a half. I'm thinking six and a half, yeah. So, so Corvell jumped one foot taller than what the door frame. His, his entire body, his entire body was a foot and a half taller than the door. Frame. So, well, and if you're going up that high with the body, that means his head would be through the ceiling, right? It's hard to believe. Can you dunk, by the way, Corvell? We just oh. need to know. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I definitely can dunk. Don't, don't insult the man, Luke. <laughs> don't insult the man. Dan, Danny Lynch can't. That's why I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> Corvell, so, how much of how much of when you're competing in the high jump or the long jump? Obviously, it takes a a lot of physical training. And but how much of it is mental? Uh, mostly, a lot of it. Like basically, like I said, mentally. If you're not there mentally, 
and that can break you down easily and quick. Like it can show you from being a top performer all the way down to you not doing nowhere near as good as you expect yourself to do. Mm-hmm. And like with me, I say that's why I keep saying I just like to go out there and have fun because if you're stressing, it, it shows on the track. Like it definitely shows mm-hmm. on the track. And John Stewart recruited you. What has John Stewart meant to your track and field career? Oh, he means a lot. <laughs> John Stewart, he's one of the best coaches out there. I definitely can say that. And he's the type of coach. He he wants to see you do great. And he he's one of the nicest coaches ever. And that right there, it just it's just a loving energy to be around him. Yeah. And he just loved to help me push push myself to be great. He told me before I even jumped high that this was going to be my year. Yeah, he talks very highly of you, I can tell you. And you, you, you mentioned you had a cousin on the Olympic team not long ago. Now, you've got you know s- siblings, brothers and sisters. Does the, do the athletic genes run through the whole family? Are you, are you the best athlete in the family? <laughs> oh, I'm the definitely I'm the best athlete in the family. <laughs> but it, it runs, yes, it definitely runs through the family. I have a lot of athletic people in the family, but I'm always on the best. That's the only thing I'd be cocky about. So I was going to say, so he's humble to a point. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has reason to be cocky about his athletic ability. All right, you got something else for him, Luke? we got about a minute and a half left with this young man. I, I think we always like to give athletes, uh, Corvell, and I know that you know at track meets you necessarily obviously don't have the crowds that are at the Pete or, mm-hmm. or uh, in the Rock, but we always like for our athletes to be able to speak directly to our listeners because our, our listeners, you know, they, they – they joined the Eagle Club to, to help with scholarships for for you. They mm-hmm. they're they're all they they love anything Southern Miss and they love it when our uh, when our athletes excel and just give you an opportunity if you might want to say anything to Southern Miss fans out there that have followed you in your career so far. Um, basically, all I would like to say to the fans is if you're watching and you're listening, thank you for watching and listening, and thank you for always believing to, believing in me. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to me for me to be here in this um, position I am. And I also want to thank the man above me for allowing me to be here. Thank you guys for allowing me to be here, too. It's a blessing. Well, I think you, and I, I don't mind saying this, you represent everything that is ideal about college athletics. And uh, it's a privilege, I think. Speaking for all Southern Miss fans, Kelly Center, I think you agree to have this young man in the Golden Eagle family. For sure. And, I, and before you leave, Corvell, I just want to ask you, I'm getting ready to take my Christmas card pictures. <laughs> Can I take my picture next to your car? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's definitely fine. <laughs> that's fine. And, and look, Ke- Kelly told this young man when he came in that people often mistake him for Corvell. <laughs> Kelly is about as round as that shot that Fred Nudani throws. Well, when they do that, I say the optometrist's office is right over there. You know, it's a great pleasure having you here, Corvell. Thank you, and we look forward to having you a part of the Southern Miss family uh, next year. We look part. We look forward to watching you run in the Olympics for for all of us, young man. Real quick, seven six last year. How much higher can you get? Oh, I'm trying to go world record. I'm trying to break it. And what, what is the what is the world record? Eight feet. Eight feet. That's just hard to believe. <laughs> yeah. Corvell Todd, everybody. What a great way to finish up a Friday on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back.
Southern Miss to the top. It would be hard to overestimate what a pleasure it was to meet Corvell Todd and what a great kid he is, Kelly Santer. Yeah, man, and it's so lucky to and, – and these are the guys – and again, because, look, let's be honest, track and field doesn't get a whole lot of love, right, from the media. But this kid is a, not only a superstar, but when you see what an what a incredible – respectful young man he is as well man couldn't be any more proud to have him at southern miss no and i loved what he said to you in that conversation in my office and you ask about his parents did they get to watch you a lot and he said well some but but my mom and dad were both working all the time you know you can just tell this kid was brought up right and uh what a huge huge credit to this university all right this segment sponsored by four street bar and grill it's a great place to go this weekend for a delicious poor boy sandwich just the best around catfish day today catfish they have great catfish it's just wonderful food at four street bar and grill and slade's a great great guy and a big golden eagle and uh, supports all southern miss athletics we hope you will support them too it's safe to say after meeting corvell todd that he probably doesn't spend a lot of time at Mobe Beignet. <laughs> Kelly and I, on the other hand, go at every opportunity we get. We think you should, too. It is delicious. Uh, the, it's, they make the beignets fresh when you order them. They have great coffees. It's a really cool place right across the street from the campus. And the owners are huge Southern Miss fans. They, so. well, if you, and if you've tasted them, they should, the business should be called Mo and Mo and Mo beignets. Mo, bring me Mo, Mo, Mo beignets. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Exactly right. Now, Brandon Lacey is the defensive line coach uh, for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Coach, I bet some of your guys could uh, put a hurt on Mo Bay Beignet. Yeah, I bet they wouldn't have a problem going in there and having a pretty good time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lots of new faces coming in on the defensive line. Uh, lots of hubbub about the, about the part of the football team you're responsible for. With all these transfers that you got in and uh, you're getting closer and closer down to the season, I'm, I'm going to guess your excitement level is getting pretty high. Yeah, you know, it's always good to have these guys. They've been up here this summer. They've been doing a good job with uh, OTAs and workouts and just seeing them develop as a group, um, uh, come together, a lot of leadership coming out of there, guys learning how to be leaders, um, a lot of competition. You know, it's always friendly competition, but it's also one to, to push each other. So it's been a pleasure uh, getting to work with them. And hey, as we get closer, we get a little bit more excited just because of the fact of getting to see what the – the, the final product would look like when we get out there in August and September. And what a new era for Southern Miss football, man. You guys jump into the uh, into the Sun Belt. Uh, your early thoughts about competitive uh, football in the Sun Belt? Uh, it's really good. You look at the last couple of years, they've had a team that's ranked in the top 15. I want to say the last three years with you know, Lafayette, Coastal, you got App State, and then you got some of those other schools in the conference that are all – Really tough, gritty schools that if you watch a lot of their games, they're usually uh, moderate scoring games, somewhere between the 20s and the 30s, and they're usually last-second wins. And uh, it's, it's usually based off of really good defenses and efficient offenses. Right. Coach Lacey, one of, when you talk to you – know, I've been able to talk to, to different people around the Sun Belt with different teams about their expectations of Southern Miss. And independent of each other, their opinions have been pretty consistent. And, and with all due respect, and they preface that by saying with all due respect, they're not necessarily sold yet on the Southern Miss offense as a whole. But everyone that I've talked to has said, but one thing is for sure, that defense is going to be tough, particularly a couple of them mentioned the defensive line. Your reaction to the feedback that, that uh, we're getting from other teams in the Sun Belt about the defense. 
Well, I will tell you this, the reaction that you're getting for our offense, I love because of the fact that that means everybody's underestimating them and they have a lot of firepower because we go against them every day. So as great as everybody wants to say we are on defense, we are more uh, challenged by our offense by all the different things that they do. First of all, you know, you got a, a quarterback room coming back with a lot of guys that have a lot of experience, starting with Ty Keys, you know, and then you got Trey Lowe, and then you obviously got Zach Wilkie. That's three pretty talented guys that I think in the Sun Belt would start for a lot of those teams. So when you start with there, you start with the way we bolster our offensive line, you start about a couple of the transfers we took at receiver and running back. Hey, I'm glad they're underestimated. And uh, that just means that we can jump on people. Uh, and so I'm not going to say surprise them. It'll be, it may be surprise them, but not surprise us because we feel really confident in them. But uh, in, in terms of us defensively, you know, that's great. I'm glad people feel that way. I'm glad people feel that we um, that, that we have a defense to uh, be worried about. But at the same time, it's not about what what those teams think. It's not about what people outside of our program think. It's about what the people in our program and what the Southern Miss fan base thinks. And obviously, we think we have a chance to be talented. But again, talent has to take with practice and preparation and doing the right things. And we do. We're, we're, we're excited about our group, but nothing's guaranteed and nothing's handed to you. And it, it doesn't matter what preseason poll you were finished at. It's, it's the big thing is this, at the end of the season, are you sitting on top and, and are you one of the best defenses in? All right. Luke, get in here. I know you love talking football. Coach Lacey, thanks. Uh, I always appreciate it. As soon as you came in, you know, you said that you were the defensive line coach for the future CUSA champs. Now your bio and Twitter's been changed to the 2022 Sunbelt champs, so we heartily agree with that. <laughs> but defensive line is, is one of those positions where if, if you know, you've got some depth, you can almost run them out there like hockey lines. And uh, mm-hmm. is that kind of your strategy for the, the defensive line at Southern Miss? Yeah, I can comfortably say that, you know, uh, barn that we keep everybody healthy through camp and everything, knock on wood. Uh, we got six guys right now in in my room that could start for us at, at, at either position. It, and it's a fierce competition on where that is. Where last year we probably had about three or four guys. We really had two, and what we did is we rotated two. This year I have six that I, it would not matter to me who went out there for the first snap and they can pretty much rotate themselves. I've almost gotten that confidence in them to the point to where we've almost we got six that I feel real good, like I said, can start. I think we got about eight to nine that can play for us in the game, which allows us to have a lot more depth, which allows us to be a lot fresher. And the other thing, too, is it allows us to get a lot more guys involved, which that's what you want anytime you're you're coaching a, a talented group. And I know with, with Austin Armstrong's philosophy, I mean, you can drop or you can bring, uh, you know, you can bring multiple people if your guys are getting that type of penetration. Talk, talk to us about the hit squad. That's what you're kind of calling your guys this year. Yeah. So what we did is we, we, we had a lot of guys that were new to the group considering we lost a lot of guys last year. Either the graduation, transfer portal, stuff like that in my position room. And so we wanted to rebrand ourselves, meaning by getting us a chance to start over with a fresh set of guys a fresh set of mindset and what we wanted to believe in. And so Hit Squad is kind of a it's kind of a pull off of the movie Suicide Squad a little bit in terms of, you know, we want to take a bunch of guys that are not so much bad guys, but in terms of guys that have bad intentions and put them to something good. And that's kind of what we have. We've assembled a lot of guys that are really good football players that have bad intentions on the field <laughs> and 
Well, our job is, our mission is to carry out the mission of either making the quarterback's life difficult, the offensive line's life difficult, the running back's life difficult, and the execution being winning football games with those guys up front. So that's kind of where we took the, 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 I guess the persona of that. You know, we uh, you were talking about how people think about our defense. You know, one of our things that, that we talk about is fear us, we're coming, because we want to let you know that we're front and center. And then, you know, the thing you talked about in our depth is that that's something we talk about is that we use the term, and it's not grammatically correct, but we too deep, which is the fact that we're so deep in our D-line, we feel like that we should be able to play anybody. And, hey, the first guy might be the starter, but the second guy that comes right in is just as talented. And so we try to live between that and the things we call our four Fs, which are, which are kind of like our defensive line values that we live by. And, and with that, we say this is what the mantra that carries with being a hit squad member is that we want to be a we want to be a group that plays with great effort or fanatical effort is what we say. All we right. want to play. We want to be physical. We want to have fun. We want to have focus. They're all things that focus around what we want to uh, inspire to be as a defensive line every day. All right, Coach. Uh, about a minute left. Is it safe to say you're in off season weight training that Coach uh, Lance Ancar is? taking it easy on the guys and babying them and, and helping them have an easy, fun summer. Yeah, it was, it was like, hey, man, I, 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 I'm just trying to figure out what, if Coach Ancar is going to work. I mean, today they were running in the stadiums for 45 minutes. So, I mean, you call that a day off. <laughs> but he's doing a great job with them. Their, uh, guys yeah. are getting bigger and stronger. I've already noticed it. You know, I'll give you a great example. A guy like Jordan Mahaffey that came in here about 245 is all the way up to 260. You know, uh, Christian Booth all the way up to about 270 almost. Um, you know, we got about five or four guys in the room that are over 300 pounds. Which last year we only had two. So that just kind of tells you the kind of beef that we have in there now. And, and, and he's doing a great job in our weight room. Well, Coach Lacey, there's there's one of us here in our studio that's right at 300. I'll, <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's the same 300, Coach, as what you're talking about. <laughs> the composition's a little different. Hey, Coach, yeah. we get excited every time we talk to you guys. Uh, we really can't wait uh, for football to start a new era. I think a new wave of excitement, and, and we thank you for what you bring and all you great new coaches and the excitement you're bringing back to our program. No problem. Southern Miss to the top. All right, everybody. That is uh, Brandon Lacey. Man, you, you talk to these young coaches, guys, and you can't help but get excited. I, I according, love- according to his Twitter profile, guys, he is the D-line coach for the future 2022 Sunbelt Champions. And, and I love that term. He said, I want guys with bad intentions. Yes, exactly right. Glad to hear Coach Ankar is taking it easy on the guys. Oh, though. you know it. Thank you. Fun summer for all of them. <laughs> we'll be back. To the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour of the week. Brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Corbell Todd can touch the ceiling. 
And we found out earlier this this uh, this hour he can dunk too. I was it was always yeah, that almost and, insulted him. We asked him if he could dunk. Yeah, as, as humble <laughs> as humble as he was, when you're going, can you? It's like he looked at you like, are are you crazy? Of course I can. <laughs> to quote to quote Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, DBAT D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, DBATHattiesburg.com. Go uh, go see them. Great time this weekend to go see our friends at DBAT and D1. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, just uh, to, to make note of it, we won't go into it, but you go on um, southernmiss.com, click on baseball, and they've got an update for uh, the different Golden Eagles that are playing in Summer League ball. Um, so pretty neat. All right. Um, kind of surprising news today, guys. Uh, Bill Clark. Coach at UAB since uh, 2014, stepping down, citing uh, health issues specifically related to his back, uh, just problems. Um, it sounded like I don't know. It sounded like kind of like nerve issues or something. He couldn't stand up, you know, after uh, after a certain time. But you want to talk about a dude that had it going on, and of all places, you know, for us to 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 brag about is UAB. But so he was he coached high school football in Alabama. From 2008 to 2012, uh, made the jump to D1, defensive coordinator at South Al. Was the head coach in 2013 at Jacksonville State. Went 11-4 and just one year. Made it to a, a quarterfinal. And then the very next year was uh, was hired at UAB, where he never had a losing season. Guys, after his first year at UAB, when they went 6-6, six and six, that's when they shut down the football program. The next year, he agrees to a five-year extension. But they don't play football for two seasons. Comes back in 2017, wins eight games, then wins 11-9 in the COVID-shorted season, six games, and last year for UAB, 9-4, 60-30 overall, 49-26 at UAB. Just just kind of odd today. I know they were all excited about going to the American, but, but Bill Clark uh, retiring today. Clearly the best coach, best football coach in Conference USA over the last five or six years, one national coach of the year. Just two or three years ago, uh, a real loss to the UAB program. This is one of the, I think, probably one of the very best coaches in America. And he has made it very clear that he's retiring for health reasons. But not to not to beat the old dead horse again, because we've talked about image and likeness to about ad nauseum the last couple of weeks. But it would not surprise me if you see a lot of college football coaches, particularly at the at the mid range you know level, retire maybe in the peak of their career because they don't want to have to deal with re-recruiting their players over and over and over again. It's exhausting to these coaches and the assistant coaches, and loyalty appears now to be out the window. So it would not surprise me at all because, look, if you're a head coach at a major college, you're making pretty good money, you know, and if you manage it well, um, I'm saying there might be a lot of coaches, and not necessarily just in football, but you're going to see a lot of coaches, I think, retiring earlier than they would have because of this rule. And I've asked a lot of people this question. I haven't gotten a direct answer. I'm going to ask you directly, Luke. What is the objective of the NCAA? What do they possibly want to see happen to college athletics that they're allowing this to happen? I mean, it not that they're concerned about their own hypocrisy, but they have not enforced. And where they have, in, where they've you know killed Southern Miss and Donnie Tyndall, they've overlooked North Carolina. I mean, that's just the old, the old adage that you know if Florida State gets investigated, 
I mean, uh, you know, FIU better watch out. I mean, that's just the kind of the, the way it is. So I don't think they're concerned too much about their hypocrisy. I just I, I think it got to the point where they got tired of trying to enforce it because it was just so rampant, or they got tired of having to deal with their their refusal to enforce it. And so now it just seems as if they're only concerned about you know their piece of the pie. And it's gonna here's here's what's happened. The Power Five has made the NCAA uh, irrelevant. And so now it's only a matter of time before they say, we're not going to give you all cuts anymore. We're just going to go do our own thing and make more money that way. And the NCAA has no one to blame but themselves for it. Right. Well, if Donnie Tindall had been coaching in today's era, he would have been hailed as a hero. <laughs> he didn't do a thing that's not perfectly legal. And, and you know what? I'm not, I'm not an attorney, and I didn't stay at the Holiday Inn Express. But based on these new rules, Donnie Tindall's no-show clause in the NCAA should be dropped, should be dropped immediately. Completely, and he should be able to come back to the NCAA if if that's well. In his some choice. of his some of his was academic, and that's they haven't you know they haven't budged on that. Yeah, kind of right. like North Carolina. Well, no, yeah, I mean <laughs> exactly right. They, <laughs> so, they, it wasn't just one player involved in North Carolina; it was every player basically right, right, involved. No, but okay. be that as it may, in this particular Tyndall case, he's already quote unquote air quote served four years of that sentence or five years of that sentence. Right. So, you know, and, that, right. and that's not going to happen, but I'm just saying. All right. I want to thank uh, Corvell Todd. I want to thank Brandon Lacey. I want to thank you, most of all, everybody that tunes in every day to the Eagle Hour. Uh, we're very glad to be a part of your day, and we hope you'll join us again Monday. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.